before we get started, just want to remind you guys that we are officially now on Instagram at the Goldcast. Be sure to check us out. We're really excited to be on there. You get a lot of little tiny snippets, tiny updates, little cool things in your feed, all of our podcasts, all the new updates. Check it out at the Goldcast on Instagram. We're also on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast, Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. Don't forget the underscore at the end. We're also on YouTube, iTunes, and Stitcher. Be sure to check us out on all of those. Thanks again to all of our new YouTube subscribers. Really awesome. Welcome to the Goldcast. Hope you guys enjoy the ride. Today's episode is also sponsored by Miniature Donkey Pinatas. Are you tired of those big giant pinatas? I mean, they're always heavy and then you got to put all the candy in them and then you got to figure out a way to get into the car and then you can't get it out of the car. Try miniature baby pinatas. Literally about no much, not much bigger than your hand. I'd say it's about four inches tall, three inches across. Miniature baby pinatas. When you're just tired of that big one, get the little pinata. It's the way to go. All right. Dan the Man is back. We have a fun UFC 208 preview. This is the Goldcast MMA edition. Here we go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Goldcast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Goldcast, the return of the MMA edition. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my MMA co-host, Dan the Man. Welcome back, sir. It's been a while. Boom. Boom. You're back. That's it. That's it. Okay. So a lot to talk about. A lot has happened, and we're here to catch everyone up to speed. First off, I mean, the biggest news right now, UFC 208, this Saturday. Are you ready, Dan? I'm ready, man. I love I love this card because once again it was another UFC card that was written off almost from the get-go as being a terrible idea. Nobody's gonna watch it. And now looking at the full card, man, it's gonna be fun. There's a lot of good fights on this card. Oh yeah. Silva's on the undercard. Silva, he's a co main. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at that! So yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of uh, a lot of ex champions contenders on this fight. You got Jacare uh, Souza fighting. You got uh, Glover Teixeira. Um, what did I see down here? Oh, Ian McCall is fighting on the prelims. It's gonna be good, man. It is gonna be good, absolutely. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the women's featherweight title. Never existed before. We had an excellent podcast. A little bit earlier this year about why it was so important how women need more weight divisions they can't just be crammed into the ones that already exist we needed a featherweight title this needed to exist both these fighters are excellent let's talk about this fight a little bit okay here's here's another uh bone i have to pick with mma fans in general um, a lot of people have written this fight off as kind of being uninteresting and almost, you know, undeserved for both of these ladies. Um, so just a quick rundown of both of their resumes. Holly Holm is considered by many to be one of the best female boxers of all time. She has a fantastic career. She won multiple titles. 
uh, only losing twice out of something like 40 fights. She's a fantastic, fantastic boxer. Uh, obviously, we know her most uh, recently from knocking out uh, Ronda Rousey. But her career as a boxer is outstanding and stands alone as her legacy. Um, so she very much deserves to be in title contention in any division she's in. And Jermaine Durandamy, um also considered one of the greatest, greatest female kickboxers of all time, has a 37-0 and 0, uh, kickbox, professional kickboxing record, has held multiple kickboxing titles consecutively, is a fantastic striker in her own right, and her legacy stands alone uh, just based off of her kickboxing career. So for anyone who's confused about why this fight is happening, I feel like you need to get your head checked. This is classic, classic mixed martial arts. It's like a, it's like a throwback fight to the days where you're like, let's see if this person who's really good at this can fuck with this person who's really good at that. I mean, you got like classic style matchup, boxer versus kickboxer at a world-class level. It's going to be a banger. I love it. It is. It really is. And you're right. Boxer versus kickboxer. So let me ask you the big question, Dan, who is going to win? Oh, it's tough, man. I've been wrestling with this for a minute. Um, on paper, you always take the kickboxer over the boxer at this level. Now, why is that? Uh, well, historically speaking, boxers don't have a uh, don't usually have an answer for the leg attacks of kickboxers. So, kickboxers generally are heavy on leg kicks. And uh, real good in a clinch with knees and elbows. Boxers don't train those positions, and they definitely don't train defense against leg kicks. And they usually get chewed up in the in the beginning rounds of a fight, which leaves them susceptible to getting opened up at you know in the championship rounds. Now, granted, Holly Holm is a career mixed martial artist now, and she's been she is in one of the best camps uh, in the world at Jackson Wink. Definitely. Um, capable of dealing with this kind of scenario, this kind of situation. I'm sure they have prepared her very well for this fight. I'm just, I, it just caution, you know, caution needs to be said that said that generally speaking, boxers do not fare well with kickboxers, especially when it comes to this situation where neither one of these ladies are going to be wrestling. Really, I mean, truly, they're both strikers at heart. They're going to fall back to what is comfortable for them, especially in this kind of environment where they're both going to be striking. They're not going to be asked to wrestle or grapple. or There's not going to be these big, long, drawn-out jiu-jitsu exchanges, I would, I would think. But now here's, the, uh, here's the kind of the other thing. We don't know... Boxing at an elite level and kickboxing at an elite level, while they're both very difficult and it takes a lot of talent to be successful in those things, you don't know the kind of fighters where they kind of measure up that each lady was competing against. Was Holly Holm competing against different competition as a boxer than Randomly as a kickboxer? Uh, it's a toss-up. We definitely know Holly Holm has had tougher mixed martial arts fights than Randomly. She's been she's proven against a higher-level competition in mixed martial arts. So that being said, I'm going to go with Holly Holm on this one for a a couple reasons. Number one, the one I just mentioned, she's had stiffer competition and has risen to the challenge and proven herself. Um, you know, the Ronda Rousey fight is huge in that respect. 
uh, dethroning her was a was an accomplishment, a career defining accomplishment. Also, the fact that she comes from a very serious camp, one of the best camps in the world. Um, and this is a f- odd fact that I just learned recently that um, Derenemy is not a full time fighter. Really? What is She's she? A cop. She's a cop. She's a cop. She's a cop, and she fights on the side. What? Yeah, it's it's. I can't believe that she's going into a title fight, and she's. This is like you will never hear about this in in men's mixed martial arts. This does not happen. There's at the elite levels. There's nothing like this. Uh, so that kind of throws me. That's like a curveball for me. I'm like, oh wait a second. You know. I mean, Holly Holm has a team of people. A team of people, uh, full time working on her career. I mean, it's not you know, it's not unheard of. It's kind of like a Rocky story, right? That you know, Durandami is like just some like working class lady who happens to be an elite level mixed martial artist. Wow. Um, I I just think it's you know, it puts her kind of under the eight ball. Um, I think there's just a lot of things leaning in Holmes' favor. Wow. She she does have a gun though. She has a gun. If she brings her gun, um, there's a good chance that someone's going to get shot. <laughs> that, generally speaking, that that is usually what happens. Okay, so you're. Going... I'm going to put my. Go ahead. I'm putting my money at home. I'm putting my money on home. Ooh. Well, okay. Well, there you have it. Putting the money on home. Let's do it. So lots more to talk about. As promised, we did say last time we were on that we would do some recaps of UFC Fight Night. We had two fight nights in a row, the last one being in Houston. Very smart on the UFC's part. Let's take all of that Saturday Super Bowl money because there's no Super Bowl yet, and let's bring in the UFC Fight Night, which I thought was very smart on Fox Sports 1. Let's talk about first, let's talk about the two, the two women fights, or the, the one that was on that card, Jessica Andrade versus Angela Hill. Yeah, fantastic fight. One fight of the night um, bonus for both ladies. Um, Angela Hill, the Invicta FC strawweight champion. She actually got cut from the UFC, went to Invicta, and won that belt at 115. Um, I think she defended a couple times and then came back to the UFC um, to fight in the strawweight division. This was her first fight back in the UFC versus Jessica Andrade, and it was a fucking war. Yeah, three rounds to decision. Three rounds to decision, but man, they were they were long rounds. It was like nine rounds. It was like <laughs> Rocky, Rocky one, two, three, and four, and four all put together. Yeah, it was bad, man. Uh, Hill is a really technical fighter, a la Dominic Cruz. In fact, she comes from the same camp. Um, Eric Del Fierro is her head coach, same as Dominic Cruz. Very similar style, light on her foot, uh, light on the feet work. Uh, you know, good head movement, in and out, very technical, fighting from both sides. Uh, but Jessica Andrade is just a monster. Just big body shots, big head shots, just lighting her up the whole time. Oh, yeah. The whole time. Oh, yeah. Hill looked beat up by the end of that fight. Just beat. Oh, yeah, man. She took a big beating. You know, Jessica Andrade reminds... Reminds a lot of uh, John Lineker, same kind of style, just bull charge forward, um, big body shots, big head shots, head body, head body, head body. That's like her constant, and they're all hooks, left, right hook. Ooh, 
Ooh. Um, what's interesting about that fight, though, Jessica Andrade got the nod, and she's going to be fighting for the strawweight title now against Joanna Jurjacek, Um coming up here probably in uh, three or four months. And Jurjacek is a maniac, man. She is a maniac. I love her. I love how aggressive and kind of off-kilter she is. Yeah, she's kind of crazy, man. She's kind of like a sociopath. Like, if you're kind of unsure whether or not she, like, killed animals when she was a kid. <laughs> right, there's no definitive proof, but there's also no definitive proof that it didn't happen. Right, it's very likely that it happened. It's <laughs> very likely that it happened. So then, okay, so let's talk about, let's go back one more week. Let's go Valentina Shevchenko versus Juliana Pena. Wait a second. You want to go back, way back? Back into time. That's right. Yeah, let's talk about that fight. That was an interesting fight, man. Um, Pena getting submitted by Shevchenko was not anything anybody expected, especially via armbar. Um, Pena has a killer ground game. Really, really, really competent um, jiu-jitsu specialist. Shevchenko is another... Um, elite level kickboxer, world champion, multiple world champion, multiple time world champion. So that we were expecting her to be doing a lot of defensive wrestling, defensive jiu-jitsu to stay out of um, submission threats and to get back to the feet and decide the fight there. She ended it with a very slick um, arm bar, I believe in round two, um, and got the nod to then fight Nunez for the 135-pound belt. So Nunez will be defending against Shevchenko coming up here soon. Yeah, that's going to be huge. I cannot wait for that fight. And it's a rematch. It is a rematch. So their first fight was a three-round contest. Um, Nunez winning round one and two, and Shevchenko rallying in the third round and, um, and winning that round against a very obviously tired Nunez, which is interesting going into a five-round championship fight because the deciding round in that fight would be the third where she gassed. And we all know that if you gas in the third round, you're probably not going to have much left in the fourth and the fifth. So that fight may be decided in the championship rounds. We know that Shevchenko has a really good chin, um, you know, world-class striker, very young in in terms of uh, fight years and uh, very tough, very durable. We you're not going to see her get get stopped like a uh, like Ronda Rousey was stopped. No, I can't wait. That's another one. Lots of lots of lots of heavy hands in that fight. Oh yeah, it's going to be a scrap fest for sure. No, for sure. Okay, so then let's go forward, forward into time. Back, yes. Back to last week's UFC Fight Night, we had the Korean Zombie versus Dennis Bermuda, which was very quick, but. Pretty impressive on both fighters' parts. Yeah, you know, it's um, it was crazy that the zombie was coming back off of a three-year layoff to fight Bermudez, who is a maniac, um, just a really explosive fighter, coming off a two-fight win streak, um, very strong, very great, good wrestler, and um, was the physically he was just the bigger fighter has the heavier hands, has the, you know, I would say is probably the better striker, even though he got finished with an uppercut in the first round. Um, it seemed to pose a lot of difficult um, obstacles for the zombie, especially after a three-year layoff. I mean, they, the UFC, 
we're getting to the point now in the UFC where there is no such thing as a tune-up fight. Every fight is difficult. Everything, you know, could end in the first round. These guys are competing at such a high level now. But you would have thought that they would have given him something a little bit easier. Not to mention putting him on a card where he's the main event. Um, a lot. They gave him a lot of adversity coming back. And he just really rose to the challenge. Yeah, well, that, that opening shot really knocked him. And it almost looked like for a second that he might not get out of the first round, the Korean zombie. Like, it, it oh, almost... Oh, yeah. You know, he was... And again, like, you know, he clenched up. He patiently waited for his brain to restabilize and then just got that hit. Now, let's talk about that punch, though. Do you... Lucky punch? Just Bermuda misstepping? How, how do you feel about that punch? Because it, it did come out of seemingly nowhere and Bermuda did kind of walk right into that well you know if you go back and you watch that fight Bermudez is establishing a left jab um very early from almost from the from the opening bell he's coming out with a real stiff jab and if you watch the knockout the knockout is pretty classic slip and he's slipping that jab and then he's coming underneath with an uppercut I mean that's a that is a combination that you run on mitts routinely, uh, slip jab uppercut. Common technique you see uh, in the gym when you're working your boxing, working your hands. So I didn't think that it was. It didn't surprise me that he hit him with that because that would have been a that would have been something that I would be looking for too. When someone, if someone's really trying to establish their jab, you're going to look for counters. So either slip jab to the body. Slip to the inside, looking for like a check hook. Um, but the fact that he floored him with that uppercut was surprising to me. Because like I said, Bermudez was the bigger fighter. I mean, I know I know the zombie has heavy hands because we've seen it in the past. But it's just, it's weird when you see a guy that's that kind of like rail thin have so much force in his hands. I mean, we see it with like a guy like Conor McGregor. Um he just touches guys. He just, it's seemingly like he just touches them with his left hand and it's like they got hit with a fucking cannon. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of what we saw in the, in the zombie fight. I, it was perfectly timed, perfectly placed and all of those things, but it just seemed like, I don't know. The power output was just shocking to me. Oh man. I mean, Bermuda just dropped. I mean, straight dropped. So yeah, lights up. Boom. Done. Dunzo, it's over. So, what do you, where do you, what do you think's next for the Korean Zombie? Where does this place him now that he's back when he was gone for what was it, almost three years? Yeah. So, it's an interesting question. Um, the Zombie, Zombie's last fight before he left was for the featherweight title versus Aldo. So. Where does that put him in the rankings? Uh, featherweight division is very stacked right now. Aldo is the champion again by default. We have Max Holloway, who is the interim champion, much deserved. Um, they are supposedly going to fight to see who is undisputed in the division. But if you look at Zombie's fight against Aldo... Um, he ended up losing that fight, I think, in the fourth round. He dislocated his shoulder uh, and was was finished like pretty quickly after that. But he was losing that fight. He lost every round in that fight. 
Um, not saying that he couldn't be a contender in the division because he lost to Aldo. Lots of lots of people in that division have lost to Aldo. Edgar, uh, Frankie Edgar being one. Uh, but it is interesting. It, it's a it's a strange thing to consider where he falls now, being three years removed, um, with the kind of di- with the division being shook up, how it's been shook up since the whole Mayweather to uh, two weight fiasco. So maybe and maybe another maybe a a fight against a guy like Edgar would make sense, or a guy like Cub Swanson who's just coming off a big victory over Du Du Choi. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting fight. I mean, there's definitely fights to make. It's just, I think it remains to be seen how much of a contender the zombie is going to be. Definitely. I agree. So speaking of, speaking of McGregor, God, it almost feels like you can't have uh, a podcast about MMA without some mention of Conor McGregor these days. Mr. Conor McGregor had a pay-per-view press conference oh man so let dan let's talk about this let break down the highlights and what you think is probably the most important thing to gather from it because there's there's a lot i mean it it does look like on the horizon is conor mcgregor versus floyd mayweather in a boxing match which is kind of crazy yeah so uh it was entertaining the press conference was entertaining um uh, you know typical conor mcgregor uh, stuff, throwing a press conference the same night as uh, as a UFC event. Um, of course, try, I will try and try and find out which one exactly it was, but it was simultaneously happening. The uh, meat and potatoes of that whole thing was kind of a recap of everything. That had happened since Madison Square Garden. Um, Ariel Hawani was doing the interview with him. He's uh, from MMAfighting.com. He hosts the MMA Hour. He's uh, the Howard Cosell of MMA News. Uh, Good interview. Very entertaining. Focused on what's next for him being Floyd Mayweather. Um, And kind of threw a curveball out there that he was... He had already begun working on his own promotional company and that he was going to try and promote that fight with um, with Mayweather, like a co-promotion with Mayweather and McGregor promotions and the UFC. Wow. That is crazy. Pretty nuts, yeah. See, now, this is... I mean, here's the thing. I feel like this is, this is a reaction to the way the UFC is currently structured. They still can't decide on a union. They, the, the fighters still feel like they're not getting paid enough, justifiably so. I feel that's pretty justified. You know, the, the UFC has made literally at this point now billions, you know, on the backs of these fighters. And, you know, the payouts are still, you know, not even within a breath of what these guys make. And so now you have their biggest fighter stepping away from the cage, going into a boxing ring, doing another big money fight and then wanting to do like his own promotion behind it. And I mean, I think this is, this is the reaction. This is the response based on everything I just said. The lead, this is the natural lead up, the natural lead up to something like this almost was probably inevitable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I think there's only, only up 
for this kind of guy. And, um, you know, he had spoken previously about, after his Madison Square Garden win, about getting stock in the company. Um, and even during the interview, he repeatedly said how he wanted to help the UFC grow and that he could be an asset in in ushering in like the, the next generation of fighters. Um, and I, I think I think that says a lot about what he where he sees himself and what he wants to do and how he wants to move forward. But um, also, I mean, the bottom line is the bottom line. Like, if you are promoting yourself, you are making the most amount of money. It's not rocket science. Floyd Weather's already set the blueprint um, for this sort of thing. He's the highest paid boxer of all time. And McGregor seemingly wants to be, and as if not already, will soon be the highest paid mixed martial artist of all time. So, I mean, they're parallels. You know, of course, this is this is the the decided outcome, you know, or the, or the projected outcome. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of implications in terms of the business side of UFC and going forward. And I mean, who knows, honestly, I mean, if McGregor really wants to help, maybe the best thing he should do is, is to help get the guys to decide on a union, you know, but then again, he'd have to be a part of it. And, you know, there's, there's that, political side and business side as well but i mean that would honestly if there's anybody that would if there's anyone that could probably do it despite all this controversy it would be mcgregor i mean everyone's following him already in terms of belts and now now aldo wants to box now everyone wants to box everyone wants belts in two divisions i mean the the mcgregorization of the ufc is very apparent and very aggressive yeah it's it's kind of gross um it's weird that although boxing thing is weird, um, but I also think it's beneath him um, at this point. I think the Mayweather fight will be made. Um, I think that I think that this whole mimicking of Conor McGregor makes things interesting to a point, um, but it will definitely have like a it'll it'll meet it'll meet like its its maximum point. It'll it'll get to a point where nobody. Uh, all of these copycat, this all this copycat bullshit, like Aldo wanting to box and Diaz wanting to box, and they're getting boxing licenses. I think it's interesting to a degree, but it has its uh, high watermark, and we're getting close to it. Well, you know, there's not many other fighters on the horizon outside of Mayweather with his kind of draw, and there's not much cross. There's not many fighters outside of maybe Ronda Rousey and Conor McGregor that have the same amount of crossover draw outside of uh, UFC and MMA. You know, I mean, these two guys fighting, I mean, who I mean, who wants to see Ho- Jose Aldo fight a, bo- a boxing match and against who? And 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 who? Like the, who there's literally those are the, probably the two two of the biggest names in the fight game right now. Aldo is not one of those guys. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what, Nate Diaz, who cares? Throw him back into a cage. Well, I mean, you know, you have some names in 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 the boxing world that could potentially be draws um, for these sorts of things. Like, I mean, Canelo Alvarez, for example, right? Uh, He fights at one, what does he fight at? 149 or or 159 or something. He's in the realm. Uh, Andre Ward is in the realm. Um, 
you know, these guys that fight at lightweight, middleweight, like they can do these weird weight cuts. They could find themselves in positions for money fights with this crossover appeal. The crossover appeal is real. It is a real thing. Like the if the McGregor Mayweather thing has taught us anything is that we might be stepping into a new age of combat sports where guys are willing to make these jumps and it's lucrative and worthwhile and people want to see it. That's um, true. We we've want, we've seen these crossover fights before. Um, they're always huge draws. Like they are people people love it. It's like the, you know they want to see the 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 answer. The only problem is is that every t- whoever steps into the other fighter's discipline is instantly at a disadvantage that's the only like bummer you know what i mean is that like yeah exactly no matter which way you go it's a huge disadvantage and for a boxer i mean you you really can't send a boxer into a cage because there's just so much that they're lacking and we've seen that before too you know we've seen what happens there i mean there's just they they're just you know they only fight they're only fighting with their fists and now they're coming across fighters who are using legs elbows you know jujitsu like it's a whole different realm you know and then when you put a cage fighter into the ring i mean that's that's a whole different realm too because now they're you know they're basically completely cut off and they're only able to use two appendages and that that's a whole thing as well and that was one thing that was noted in the mayweather pay-per-view i'm sorry uh, mcgregor pay-per-view was that he kept saying if this was a real fight this wouldn't even be a contest like if, if there were no rules to this fight i would win he's like i know a lot about fighting this is not a fight this is a boxing match so i don't really have anything to worry about essentially was what he was saying but at the very least, he's gonna, or at the very best, he's gonna win a decision. There's no, he's not gonna knock him out. Um, that being said, if McGregor fought a guy like Alvarez, Canelo Alvarez, now that might be something a little bit more interesting in the sense that someone might actually get hurt. Alvarez is a big time puncher. He's a big, uh, he comes in at a big 155, and that might be something going forward. That might be what actually this Mayweather thing is really opening up. It's kind of opening up this new can of worms for these guys. Um, And I think it makes it interesting for us as fans and interesting to see kind of how this will play out into the future. I agree. I agree. I think there's a a lot of implications, a lot of fun fan implications, definitely. Heck yeah, man. Well, awesome. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast MMA edition. Don't forget to like us on Facebook.com slash the Goldcast. We're on Twitter at the Goldcast underscore. And Dan, I bet you didn't know this. We're on Instagram now. You know, I didn't know that, Rudy, because I don't know nothing about Instagram. You don't know nothing about no no social media. I don't, man. I'll let you guys do that. Yeah, exactly. We're on Instagram at the gold cast check us out there we're also on itunes stitcher and youtube thank you to all the recent youtube subscribers that is awesome uh it's really been kind of a huge jump and we're really excited to have you guys on board welcome to the gold cast hope you guys enjoy it definitely follow us like us share subscribe tell a friend dan where can they find you if you're not on social media where are you only on the gold cast buddy only on the gold cast that's what i'm talking about you can find me at Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis three RD on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Facebook too, but it's just not as fun. Twitter and, and Instagram are more fun. So concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We'll be back very soon to recap this uh, UFC two hundred eight, and we'll see. We'll see, Dan. We'll see if you're right. You've been on the money a lot about a lot of these fights, so I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This one's going to be big. Yeah, you know I. 
uh, I almost wish we had another podcast so I could call the rest of the card. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on home, man. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time. Same Goldcast channel. Boom. That's it. That's it. This is, this is the Goldcast. <laughs>